0: Hello, hello
1: uh, I made it home. That's good. The roads were not plowed <laughs> yeah i mean when when did it stop up by you
0: it didn't uh I work about twenty twenty thirty miles away from where I live, so okay. it's been snowing on and off in both places all day long.
1: Oh, gross. Yeah, we got dumped on last weekend, but we just got to sit here and look at it. Yeah. So. Waiting on the other two.
0: Yeah. Well, you got me and Cass, so. <laughs> cool. Watch out, Kitty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Corey's in our yes. living room yelling at ours because she has a bowl oh, of oh, grape- oh, a bowl of grapes on the couch that our cat is apparently now licking grapes. <laughs> and she normally avoids human food like the plague unless it's fish. So it's a bit on the confusing side.
0: Ah, uh, This one's a trash compactor. He'll eat anything.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've only ever really seen dogs like that, honestly. Dogs are just idiots. <laughs> hey, the gang's all here. Here we are.
0: All right. I
1: have the power! (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to figure out at that point whether the sound mix on that movie was just really bad or he's that inarticulate when he's screaming.
2: I really think that they just said, fuck it, let's get Lou Ferrigno in for that line.
0: (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me if it was EDR because Dolph Lundgren at the time could not speak English at all and most of everything he did as Drago was dubbed.
1: Yeah, that's true. That
0: does make sense.
1: Okay. So we're all good, right? Might as well go. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, welcome to the B Team podcast. My name is John Macy. This evening I am joined by Justin Ayotte. Hello. Brent Perry. Hi, guys. And Hello. Josh Krubner. Thank you. Yep, you were good, Brent. Okay. Uh, our. Uh, Tonight's recording will be our review of 1987's Masters of the Universe. I, I think um,
0: someone should have said Gwildor by now.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: I Gwildor, I'm keep up. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised neither one of the Star Trek fans said Tom Paris
1: yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm mean? Uh, so, um I guess, you know, we'll start with the with the basic information for this film. Um this was released August seventh, nineteen eighty-seven, uh directed by Gary Goddard, who I'd never heard of. Oh, we have lots to talk about with that one. Yeah, I figured I'd let you hit that. It sounded like you did some real research on that. Um this had a twenty-two million dollar budget, which I'm sure at the time was significant. Um Made the worldwide gross of, I don't think this was released anywhere other than the US. I, I, I'm guessing that was probably less common in 87 than it is now. Uh, was uh 17 million dollars. So that's
2: that's actually closer than what I figured it would have been.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge loser compared to some other things that we've, I mean, Mystery Men lost way more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh. I believe it was rated PG, although I'm not looking at the rating information. Um, just one random one random point I wanted to throw out before I got into the you know we'll get into like there are a couple of Star Trek connections, one obvious, one not so, uh, but I'll get into later. Uh, one thing I did find interesting though is that uh, Mattel, the company that made these toys, actually had some input into this film. Would it surprise anyone to know that they? Basically mandated that none of the characters could commit physical violence in an action film.
2: Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. There was a lot of weird '80s rules when it came to like trying to sell stuff to kids. So, <laughs> you
0: yeah, violence and murder, as long as it was against robots and aliens.
2: Exactly, or yep. or, or the undead.
3: Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, that kind
3: of sounds like something Hasbro would say because they were. You know, I guess a little more uh, worried about their image back then.
2: And that's that's just it. It was a battle between, it was basically a virtue signal battle between Marvel or uh, Mattel and Hasbro at the time. So, Mm. if Hasbro said, "Oh well, we're going to do this to get the kids," then Mattel Mm -hmm.
1: went, "Oh, us too." It was funny because I'm watching the movie before I knew that, right? And I'm I'm watching like all the scenes where Dolph Lundgren's swinging the sword around, and I noticed that. Everything he does is purely defensive. Yep. So I'm asking myself, like, is he just a shitty sword fighter and they didn't and they weren't willing to cut around it? Or was there something else going on there? And I went and did some research and found out that whole mandate about the violence and I was like,
3: Oh, okay, well that explains that. And so this was what, eighty one, right? Eighty seven. No, eighty seven. So it would have been in eighty six ish yeah oh
1: the other thing, Brent, maybe you'll know what this means more than I do, but something I read said that they only had the filmmakers only had the rights to the toys and not the cartoon
2: uh yeah well when it when it came to the toy and commercial rights, like there was i think he man's got like four different like official because there was pack in comics for the toys that they had pulled parts of. There was pack- or there was the cartoon itself, and then there was—I uh, do believe—a comic book series, and every yeah. one of them had like a totally fucking different like history and lore for the fucking series. So, yeah. So when when they did the movie, they were like, "Okay, you can do it based on the pack-in comics, like the the little small booklets that came just to give you a quick. Here's this character. Here's this character.
1: Right. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, well
2: it's just that way they got to cut out I think it was Film Nation that did He Man.
1: Yeah, I think so. So yeah, they they, they basically right. just they just cut out having to pay them a cut. And is that why like Orco's not in here? Because that was a like, yes. car, cartoon Grand. creation? Yep. Okay. Cause I was wondering about that. Uh somebody wanna do the plot real fast? I mean it's not uh, like it's I terribly mean... complicated.
0: I, I think Masters of the Universe in general is Brent's wheelhouse, so if you want to give some background to what it is.
1: <laughs> sure. Well,
2: in, Yeah, okay. There was a cartoon in the mid-80s that was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It was bright, and it was colorful, and it was fun. And this movie wasn't.
0: Are you <laughs> saying it was the choice rip-off of Conan the Barbarian?
2: Uh, well, there was always the rumors that it was, but That's never actually been proven, although Wonder Bread He-Man is a pretty good uh, giveaway. But yeah, uh, the movie, it starts out where you find the weird little alien Larago from Power Rangers is hanging out on Eternia. And (laughs) And he made this weird little musical key, and apparently he has a back door that goes right into the fucking Castle Grayskull, which is the most... Fortified place on the planet,
1: apparently. Was it that, or was he using the key to get in there?
2: Well, either way, he had a backdoor tunnel right to it. Hmm. But yeah, and then the bad guys come and they're like, "Give us the key." And then the good guys come and they're like, "Hey, yo, you got a backup key?" And he's like, "I do." And then, yeah, Skeletor calls them assholes for a few minutes, and then they get teleported to Earth, where they hang out with Monica from Friends.
1: <laughs>
0: so,
3: And Tom Paris from Voyager. I'm going to blow yeah.
0: all of your minds right now. Okay. There, There is much, much to be said about the director, and we will get to that, but the one positive thing that can be said, and I mean, maybe it's not even positive, it's just I read this and I was like, huh, uh, the guy is a huge, huge Jack Kirby fan, and he set out to make a New Gods movie. Oh,
1: I saw and that. The
0: entire basis and structure of this movie. So the key is supposed to be a mother box, and Skeletor comes through boom tubes, and that's what those stupid floaty, glowy portals are. They've been turned the sorceress into a gender swapped high father. Yeah. And <laughs> and even
2: Skeletor's army really does have a Parademon <laughs> thing going. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: That's that's uh, that movie had absolutely like no production budget. As we said, it it uh, is basically the best Roger Corman movie that Roger Corman and Jim Wynorski didn't have any part of.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, the costumes are cheap. The effects are cheaper. The Door mask, the mouth doesn't move. Most of his lines are ADR'd. And Billy Barty gets top billing.
1: He did. I I thought it was bizarre that Lundgren's not even billed.
0: Well, at the time, Lundgren isn't really a huge name. Not that he is now either, but, you know, he's got like the cult status thing. I mean, Rocky.
1: Had Rocky 4 come out yet?
0: Was, or Rocky 4 was 85. And. Is when he starts doing everything, and this was one of the things that he started with. Well, yeah. and you got to
2: think back back then; it's not like a movie came out on home release three months later. It was like a year and a half. So yeah. So, yeah. so like, Rocky Four was probably just hitting home markets at that point. So, okay. but yeah, he was just getting to be known, really.
0: the The other thing is uh, totally not Skeletor, totally not Darkseid, Mister Frank Langella was apparently a huge fan of the cartoon, and he took the role because his then three- or four-year-old was, like, running around the house pretending to be Skeletor, and he's like, I can't wait to play Skeletor. Yeah, That's I remember awesome.
3: when... And actually, I think he said that this was his uh, favorite role to ever play, or he had, like, the most fun uh, like playing role.
1: It wouldn't surprise me. That makes sense to me, because he treats this shit like it's fucking Shakespeare, and everybody else is pretty bored. <laughs> I mean, he oh, yeah. does, but it's
0: like, if you're that much of a fan of, the, and you at least know about it, like, try to emulate fucking Skeletor.
2: And he was the only one, him and the guy that played Man at Arms were, like, the only two that actually were like, okay, that does remind me partly of the cartoon. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe they had to keep it 25% different. Yeah,
2: yeah the, the first impl- uh. implementation of the J.J. Abrams rule.
1: <laughs> you know, if we were ever going to change the name of this podcast, I think 25% different would be a good name.
2: Yeah, yeah. the 25-75 <laughs> split.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean this just oh, – I just don't even get this movie really looking back at it.
0: It's just, this is one that I've had in my collection forever. You know when DVDs were coming out, being mass produced by I, I don't think it's Mill Creek, but you know when Mill Creek was doing things like fifty pack movies for nine bucks. This is one of the ones that was always in the perpetual four ninety nine, three ninety nine bin. So I picked up the Super Mario Brothers, bunch of This is when I would see Mystery Men everywhere, and I passed on it. I've seen it before, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really like this movie. It's not that great. After Mystery Men. I really wasn't looking forward to this. I put it on early in the morning and I watched it and I gave it a you know, objective watch and I was like, Wow, the first twenty minutes are a pretty good live action, cheap as shit He Man thing. And then I'm watching the rest of it and I'm like, I don't really hate this movie. I'm surprised. No, like
2: it's not a great He yeah, Man movie. I didn't hate it. But it's a good like be cheesy fucking sci fi movie from the eighties, so like it it's hard to shit on it really.
1: Yeah. I believe you yeah. compared it favorably to, like, 70s Doctor Who, Brent.
2: <laughs> Actually, yeah, I did. It reminded me a lot of, like, the Sylvester McCoy, like, end of Who era. Maybe even Colin Baker, but, like, just the cheap costumes, the, like, the overuse of, like, bare minimum sets. Like, it it just had a really cheap TV feel. But, it, yeah, it worked. Like...
3: Yeah. I got to tell you, I'm uh, I'm probably the one of the group that didn't really like watch He-Man all that much. I have a passing familiarity with He-Man, but <laughs> at my point, it was kind of like not really on anymore in the 90s. And I was mostly familiar with the toys. And obviously, I knew the, the cartoon, and I've seen a couple because I have a cousin that's older than me. But I, um, it really wasn't something in my thing, and I never even went back to it to like watch it when it was like available on anything. So to be honest with you, um, uh, besides like maybe like a parody video and then like some clips that I may have seen on YouTube, Um, This was probably my first real foray into uh, (laughs) He-Man. And so, you know, and and this was actually my first time watching it was for this whole review thing. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, I I agree with Brent about how it's, you know, kind of on that like cheesy 80s sci-fi action movie kind of thing you know i uh i actually like really enjoyed it for for what it oh. was i mean it's not a great movie it but, mo- it must you know be- i did like it for like the cheesy sci-fi ness
2: it must have been like a wet yeah. dream for you cuz it had friends it had star trek it had fucking power rangers it everything you <laughs> love.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's the holy trilogy baby <laughs>
2: no there was a lot of stuff where yeah, i was I guess, like well, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that's the canyons from fucking power rangers and original star trek and then like Paris shows up, oh, Courtney basket Cox Rock. shows up. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Basket Rocks.
1: <laughs> um
3: <laughs> yeah, if if nobody gets the Lyrgo uh reference in Power Rangers Turbo is a little uh a uh, guy that kind of looks like uh what was his name Qu- Quilldor or um yeah Wildor Wildor <laughs> <times>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh you know he helps out the Power Rangers in the uh, Power Rangers Turbo movie which was the direct to DVD one well the direct to video at the time
1: yeah i did notice um there's a couple i, re- I remember one in particular but there's a couple bits where uh Teal is oh, pretty Teal was pretty racist Quildor.
3: Yeah, did it come out in theaters?
0: It did. I'm sorry oh. to cut you off, but yeah, no, it totally came out in theaters. Oh yeah, I saw it a weekend.
2: Oh,
3: I probably watched it in theaters. I, then. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing the first one in theaters, and
2: that's probably why you didn't get to go see the second one in theaters. No parents nah. were gonna sit through it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: As I was saying, I got a laugh out of the fact that Teal is pretty racist toward Gwildor Yeah, she is. Oh yeah. At some point, she was like, and I forget what they said his race was, but at one point, she's like, always trust a Flanerbian or whatever the hell his race was to find a a soft place to land.
0: Yep. I mean, you could say shit like that back then. That's true.
2: And I love how they're like, okay, we got to go on this super stealthy mission on this planet we've never seen to save our planet. And they all end up just chilling, hanging
0: out, eating a bucket of ribs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love how well there's a reason for that actually so let let's talk about the uh, well we'll do what someone that uh, gets a lot of uh, undeserved airtime likes to do and we could talk about who made it because holy shit <laughs> so you have a director mired in scandal because he uh, apparently used to go on uh, young boy date raping sprees with Brian Singh. oh God <laughs> yeah oh yeah the, the shit that we found out about Carrie Goddard who I knew I
2: heard the name Uh, before, yeah.
0: He also didn't do anything. This was like his first and only movie. His directing credits are the Spider-Man 3D ride from Universal, Terminator 2 Battle Across Time, which is a 3D movie ride show from also Universal in like the 90s. Um, And then what was the other one? I don't know. It was like, honey, I blew up the audience or one of the other things that they play at Disney. might have been Jurassic Park to ride. I don't know. Um, so yeah he he was awful. Um, the s- score, you've got the guy from Rocky, you've got Mr. Bill Conti. Then you have the producers or the people who did Superman four at the same yeah. time.
1: Remember him going?
0: Uh, the Writer wrote Supergirl. Ooh, that makes sense. Yeah, so when you said, well you got these people who like, you know, crash land on earth and they go and they get ribbed because that was the plot of super that <laughs> was the plot of supergirl. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Crazy evil witch, yeah.
1: Yeah. I also uh saw that they did have they did have a
0: sequel to this that um They they um, did and it became uh the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Cyborg. Yep.
1: And it would have uh, introduced Shira, I guess, too. <laughs>
0: uh, I could just imagine how that mm-hmm. would have went. I'm sure she would have been Helen Slater. Probably, Oh, I yeah. thought they would
1: have gone with like, Bridget Nielsen or something.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, Lisa true. Kudrow.
1: <laughs> 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 so. This been... so, yeah,
0: if there's any part of the plot that just is terrible uh it's pretty much the courtney cox aspect (laughs) yeah courtney cox is in the movie because her parents die in a plane crash but they had like a private plane i guess her dad like just crashed or something uh and then she's there to say gwildor and follow the plot till dolph lundgren and skeletor show up and then they leave (laughs) And then they have to go and find them. But let's because, like, let's not forget, it's creatures. a plane crash. These okay, things happen. It's like a, a mechanic who soups up the car.
1: Yeah, did, did the boyfriend actually say that at some point? I missed it. Tom Paris
2: at one point goes, "Julie, your parents died in a plane crash. These things happen." <laughs> it's just like,
1: holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> holy fuck! <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, didn't, uh, I mean, this came out, what, 87? So they had just gone through a decade of uh, people, uh, what, taking over airplanes and oh, stuff in the 70s? hijacking, yeah. Hijacking?
2: Well, if for that case, you might as well say, oh, well, Julie, your parents died in a fucking shuttle crash with explosion. <laughs> things, things just happened. Yeah, right, here <laughs> before.
1: Just... Oh, I figure I should just come out and say it. For anybody who anybody who's not as uh, Star okay. Trek conversant as the four of us are, and we've mentioned it, We've mentioned it a couple times that uh, Robert Duncan McNeil, who plays the boyfriend in this movie, was also uh, Lieutenant Tom Paris on Star Trek Voyager for that show's entire seven-year run. And
3: And for anybody who isn't uh, aware, uh, Monica is a reference to a show that some people may know as Friends, and that was on for about ten seasons.
2: Yeah, that that (laughs) short-lived NBC show.
3: Yep. Yeah,
2: big and failure. The, that one. The <laughs> principal from fucking Back to the Future was there.
1: Just I shows was... up. <laughs> shows up as a pissed yeah, off cop. Him. Yeah, he,
2: he shows up as a pissed off cop, drops a few curses just to raise the fucking PG level, and then he's good to go. He's like, "All right, I'm going to stay here in fucking eternity." Like, well, he was that to. Dan Turpin, mm-hmm. pretty much.
1: And yet he never. Said oh yeah, yeah.
3: Would have been a
1: new gods, It would have been
0: yep
1: and no, not to
3: jump know. all the way to the uh not to jump all the way to the end though, but there is another back to the future uh uh reference at the end is there yeah when uh she has to go back and she's like, Take me back to my parents' And she goes back in time and saves the parents from dying.
0: Oh, you you mean where the ADR line for Gwildor to say I can send you back in time to resolve the plot conflict. We didn't address the entire movie. Oh shit, we brought you in this. We might (laughs) as well give you a happy ending. We'll give you a happy ending. Like literally, there's no mention of this at all. And then as he's going to send her back to Earth from Eternia, he goes I can send you back in time. Anywhere you want to go. No, I just want to go home. Wait, send me back to...
1: (laughs) All I heard was her scream Gwildor, and then it
2: went white. So, like, that's pretty much well, what Well, she, she says, send me back,
0: and then she cuts off, because she gets zapped back to, world, to Earth. But I th- no, that's not exactly what happened. There's a reason why her audio cuts out, and it's the same reason why the fight with Skeletor and He-Man goes visibly because yeah, it was a completely different shoot. It's because they literally ran out of money and they didn't have any footage. <laughs> yeah, well, they were only supposed to be like a
2: fourteen million dollar movie, and then it ended up up as high as twenty two. And Mattel was just like, "Fuck you, we don't make that much money off the toys." <laughs> that
3: much money off the toys. Yep. And then they and then they pulled a rape, uh, Robo Vampire before a Robo Vampire was a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, they thought they were getting a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have uh, Skeletor fall down the Death Star reactor, which apparently doesn't kill anybody. So, uh, and then I always thought he ended up in like a pit of acid or lava. Apparently, I think, he, I, think, I'm him sure him I think he has. And then
2: he—I'm pretty sure he landed in Gollum. Gollum's cave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 they they don't even let him finish his line it's just
2: I'll be and then it just goes to freeze <laughs> just think mm. they could have had that line fucking trademarked like t- five years before Terminator 2
1: uh, Terminator was out already yeah Terminator
0: 1 dropped that line did first. Terminator 1 yeah it did it's when he hits <laughs> yep. the police station
1: and then okay. drives through the front window of the police station with a Ford Bronco <laughs>
2: See, because when I think of that line from Terminator, I think Terminator 2, when he's about to be lowered down into the fucking smelting pit. Yeah, most
0: most people did. He said it in um, Terminator, he said it in, I want to say it's either Running Man or Commando. Probably both.
3: Uh, I think it was Running Man. And that's also probably a reason why both Running Man and uh, uh, Predator had like a ton of... uh, catchphrases for him to say throughout the whole script. Hmm.
0: Well, I mean, that, and it was a John McTiernan movie in the middle of 1987. Like, you know, at that point, the 80s was nothing but cocaine. And catchphrases. Ernie <laughs> couldn't remember big long lines of dialogue. So
2: it was kind of one liners <laughs> were the only way to get him actually reading his own lines.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, yeah, there's not really much to say about this movie. No, not for plot line or anything. It's, it's more the behind the scenes. I mean, the plot is pretty simple. Um, He-Man, Gwildor, <laughs> and man-at-arms are stranded on Earth. They have to get back. Monica from Friends helps them. Skeletor shows up. Then he whips He-Man. And then he gets the anti-life equation and turns into Shell There's Shalkan. one scene
2: where he's like, "Did you assemble my minions?" And Evelyn's like, "Yes," and she like gestures, and then it pans over in a room that's like three feet. <laughs> it's like three feet across, where like Skeletor couldn't have possibly missed seeing them. And there's like four mercenaries that are standing there, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Todd McFarlane ripped off one of them to
0: make uh, Overkill for a Spawn series. Hmm. It wouldn't surprise remind... me because you had like discount beast and even more discount trap jaw.
3: It reminds me of uh in, in Power Rangers when uh it's the Green Ranger uh miniseries and they introduce Scorpina and it's like oh we have this super warrior and then they just pan over like two inches. And all of a sudden she just appears out of nowhere because they had to cut and paste it from a different episode of uh, the Super Sentai.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's like a, a fundamental thing with this movie that I not that I didn't get it, but I just sort of I'm wondering more about the mindset of it. Like, and this is a this is a complaint I've heard about more recent films where studios the need to do this. Like, I get the idea that a lot of why this was done was budgetary, probably, because they didn't have a lot of money to make this to begin with. But, like, I've always heard this thing that studios believe that if you don't set some part of these sci-fi movies on Earth, that your average audience is too dumb to comprehend it. Like, I heard that that complaint as late as Guardians of the Galaxy, which has, you know, almost no Earth involvement whatsoever, and then the second one has none. Well, so I... I think... So it's true I...
0: now, or it's it's mostly true now. It wasn't in the 80s. All it was was that they had the script for Supergirl, and they just reverse-engineered it. Hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But, like, I mean, 1987 Sword and Sandals Fantasy... You're talking about like forty movies, most of them not even from America, where like maybe one percent of them ever even features Earth. Most of them take place in picture well, universe. Hmm. Best example of that
2: is another nineteen eighty seven classic, the barbarian classic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh.
3: We knew, knew they had
2: was to you had to know it.
3: Well, plus plus if you're going into uh, if you're going into fantasy movies. Uh, the probably one of the biggest, huh. well, I guess some people call it a sci-fi movie, but one of the biggest space sci-fi, I mean space fantasy movies, is Star Wars. Wow, and I really that it really never takes it place on Earth. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, yeah,
3: you know, Star Wars never I mean, takes aliens, place on Earth. I mean, That
2: doesn't. There's no Earth in that. That's right around mm. the same time span, right? right. So... Yep.
1: Yeah. That's... <clears throat>
2: But it's funny because I remember the first time I ever watched this movie, it was at a cousin's house, and they had one of those old top-end fucking loaded v- uh, VCRs.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Like
2: there wasn't even you. That was back when you still needed a separate machine to rewind the VHS.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: So. I do miss the- well I mean it was
2: just a totally different time, like the audiences weren't into like crazy fucking fantasy for the most part, so I do understand why you'd throw in some ties to earth, like the kids would get into it, but the parents wouldn't I mean, if you're trying to get the parents to get your kids into the theaters, you kind of need to appeal to both groups right so Because
1: yep. parents have to sit through it too, I guess. <laughs>
3: Plus, they could make, like, funny jokes, like, oh, what is this motorized chariot? Yeah. You know? Talking about cars. I like you know the mean? fact
1: that he Gwildor turns the car into something that runs on neutrinos, I think it was, which would provide no energy whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, all these midget alien things are always these genius mechanics. You got the uh, station from Bill and Ted. You got mm-hmm. fucking... What was it called? Larry Larigal from uh, Power Rangers, you got Gwildor.
1: Yeah. It's a trope. Yep.
2: Mm. It's funny though, 'cause every every time there was a like close up shot of Gwildor, I was thinking, man, this hair guy is just a reject from fucking the Hobbit movies. Like he's the he's the dwarf that they didn't <laughs> want to let go with them. <laughs> they were like, oh, no, fuck was, that guy. guy. We we're gonna go with Bomber.
1: He's also in the next movie we're going to do. Yes, he is. So yeah, yeah. Uh, The other random bit of Star Trek related trivia I found—I thought this was hysterical, Josh. I think this will and possibly Justin, this will register with you. You know, the in a uh, Next Generation when Worf would do those uh, holodeck training programs, with the giant skull-headed alien—they used the yep. Skeletor mask for that.
0: Oh, shit, you're right.
3: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: That's pretty funny. Um, Yeah, there was two of
2: Skeletor's henchmen that were, like, different uh, Star Trek actors. The The weird cat-face guy, Kurg, he was a Ferengi in one of the first Ferengi episodes in, of uh, Next Generation. Huh. He wasn't, like, the main guy, but he was one of the little lackey dudes.
1: Cool. Okay. Like, back back during the point where... They still thought the Ferengi were going to be the main villains of TNG. Yeah, like really one. early
2: on, like I think it was the second appearance of Ferengi's overall.
1: Oh, yep. I think I probably know which one you mean then.
2: Yeah. So I mean, like it was. Yeah, it was. It's weird. And and uh, I think the guy that played Blade.
3: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the one where uh, he like tries to um, kill Picard, right? Because he killed his son or whatever. It was, it was the, the next. next one. Yeah. Because uh, I think that was yeah. yeah that was...
2: And uh, I think it was the guy that played Blade, or maybe the guy that played uh, Surad was one of the the Kazon's in Voyager. Okay. Oh well, no! Knock off the with
1: the big oh, hair. there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. So I caught something, and I. First, I thought I was crazy. It was like, all right, 6.30 in the morning, been playing tricks on my head, and then uh, I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure I was right. When Skeletor uses his totally not boom tube, rather than making a giant booming noise, it plays the old Columbia TriStar logo opening. (laughs) It does. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, holy shit, I've heard that a million times. What is it? And then I'm like, wait a minute. Is that? And then I looked it up, and apparently now they merged with Sony. So that one's a little bit different, but if you look up the old, it's the same fucking thing. Well, the whole
1: whole movie kind of (laughs) establishes that, you know, musical tones open dimensional portals, so it makes sense that that would have something attached to it.
2: True. Which makes me wonder, like, where does Panama open a portal to?
1: Right?
2: From Van Halen, that fucking synth music is like, it's the exact same noise.
1: Well, that also made me wonder as I was watching it, like, on Eternia or, or where they came up with this technology, do they not have, like, do they just prohibit, like, bands from playing anywhere because, like, suddenly somebody will start playing and this portal will open to somewhere, like, right in front of them? Yeah.
3: Well, they wouldn't be playing a synthesizer.
0: True. Yeah, I think you need the key to actually make the portal happen.
3: Also uh a little side note now that we're talking about synthesizers um I uh I was watching uh I was you know talking with Brent about those Toy Galaxy YouTube videos um I didn't realize that in Shirley Walker's band for Batman the animated series the guy on uh the synthesizer Hans Zimmer
0: uh, Huh. wait well, yeah
3: I found I found that out from that video. I was like, "Oh my god!" I didn't realize.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I love those fucking Toy Galaxy and retro blasting things. Just because you get so many weird little facts that it's like I never would have fucking found that if
1: I was looking. Like,
0: hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of funny to think that. that I mean, what was he? I don't really remember this, but was He Man still a, a master of the universe? Still a pretty big thing by '87, or was that? At the tail end of the cycle, uh,
2: eighty seven. It was starting to die off, but it was still kind of big because it was it was. He Man didn't really die off until Ninja Turtles came out, and then they were like, "Okay, well, when, in order to make He Man cool, we need to send him into space," and then everything went downhill from there. And that was about eighty nine ish. So like, this was right around the well, peak.
3: eighty. Well, eighty seven was uh is when the original Ninja Turtles cartoon came out. So, I'd imagine, you know, it was probably, like, yeah. you know, right there near the end, at least.
2: But that was only a, a four-part mini series or whatever, so it wasn't a full-run mm-hmm. cartoon. It took about a year or so all for right. the actual production of the daily cartoon mm-hmm. to run. So, like, he, that was pretty much the last legs of He-Man. Like, it was at its peak when the movie came out, and then it just kind of... It got l- replaced a little bit by Transformers, a little bit by G.I. Joe, and then Ninja Turtles just came in and fucking destroyed them all.
0: Huh.
3: Not to keep going back to Power Rangers, but it's kind of like what happened with Power Rangers. You know, Power Rangers was big in 93, and it took like two years for the movie to come out, right? When Mighty Morphin was pretty much on its last legs. Mm-hmm. And then
0: it got knocked out by the Mystic Knights of Tier and <laughs> I used to love that show. I
2: didn't
3: understand I what half of them, them were saying. Watched
0: it.
2: <laughs> I didn't understand what half of them were saying, but I fucking loved it. And McDonald's came out with toys for them in their Happy Meals, and I was fucking obsessed with trying to get them I have never off.
1: heard of that. <laughs>
0: There's a, a glut of Power Ranger ripoffs in the very early to
2: mid '90s. Yeah, but this is like mystical Scotland instead of like California. Fucking
3: <laughs> bizarre. One of one of the first uh, one of the first ripoffs was uh, uh, Super Samurai Cyber Squad.
2: No, that actually predated Power Rangers. <laughs> if you go by the no, Japanese, no, yeah, the
3: show came. Well, the American version, the version came out
0: in '94. VR Troopers both predated Power Rangers. Huh. In North America?
3: Nah, no that, no, no, because VR Troopers was uh, starting right after Power Rangers began. Because actually, they, uh, Jason David Frank was going to be in the, yeah. VR Troopers, and because Tommy became so popular, they brought him back as Tommy, and they recasted him as that other dude who was the leader of the VR Troopers. But then, and then the Super Samurai Cyber Squad came out, I think, in 94, 95, something like that. It was only one season, but but it was pretty much just like Zords. (laughs) What? Huh?
0: I said, when did Tattooed Alien Teenagers from Beverly Hills come out?
2: What? Oh, I don't even know. I think that was in between VR Troopers and Big Bad Beetleborgs. (laughs)
3: <laughs> and then and then the big bad Beetleborgs became the villains in like uh what was it In Space? Yeah, something like <laughs> that, eh? Hey. Forever Red, something like that. Uh, no, no, Forever Red, that's what it was. When all the Red Rangers came yeah, back,
0: the Psycho Rangers.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, the yeah, the uh the Beetleborgs, it was the it was the Green Beetleborg and then the black suited guy who I think was the bad guy. They both came back as villains in uh Forever Red.
1: Jesus yep. Christ, now I know. Yeah, well, now I know how a, everyone feels when let's I start talking about Star
3: Trek. Holy fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the time where they were like, let's buy any Asian franchise we can and just port over whatever footage we, we can fit in. So, yeah. yeah, you got some weird fucking crossovers thanks to Power Rangers North American show.
3: Oh, my brain hurts, because I was actually trying to follow that. And yeah, actually, so. you can thank... Uh, you can actually think um, the Japanese Spider-Man show as um, kind of the origin of all the Power Rangers stuff and all the big, you know, Zord robot shows that came out. Because when they did Leopardon in that show, um, it kind of became, oh, my God, Japanese people love big giant robots that turn and transform. And so then everything started coming Ultra out Ultra
0: with Man that. Right. Hmm? Ultraman definitely preceded that. Voltron preceded that.
2: Yeah. Uh, Kamen Rider was out way before Power Rangers, or Sentai over in fucking Japan. Hmm. So I mean, like, yeah, Power Rangers was a weird mix of just everything at the time. And then when, when the North American company Sedan got it, fucking ported it over, they just mixed in like seven other shows too. So
3: Yeah. Well that was because uh Saban uh when he was over in Japan he was watching uh the Sentai show and he was like, Oh, we gotta make we gotta bring this over to America and it took him like I think it took him like three or four years hmm. to get it over here. Probably, Probably it, yeah. at least that long to get the rights. But
2: I mean hmm. Well when like I said, it wasn't just the rights to the Sentai Rangers from Japan, it was the rights to like seven different shows and he just slammed them all to fucking others.
3: uh hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because they tried doing, uh, I think they tried doing uh, Cayman Rider by itself. But then he ended up becoming like, uh, I know he was in the beginning of like the season three premiere when they're trying to find like the ninja powers because they can't use the movie stuff Mm -hmm. in the show at that point. And um, I think the Cayman Rider guy is like. The guy that helps them, like try to find the ninja powers or something. Yeah, and he like shows up for like an episode or two, and that was supposed to be like a crossover thing to try to get his show going. But uh, his a uh, his American version of the show uh, never really took off. I think no. that was on for a couple of episodes to maybe a season. Somewhere. Yeah, I, th- I
2: think they aired like the pilot, and then they were like, "Yeah, no one's gonna watch this, so we're just gonna cancel our <laughs> fucking plans." And I think they released like seven <laughs> episodes on DVD at one point, but that was that was just to try and make some money back off it because they filmed that much.
3: It was probably shell factory.
1: <laughs> I think it was actually.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They got the rights to everything. from, from those, uh, I did Savannah have things, one Savannah question things. about
1: the actual movie that Brent, maybe you can answer this because it was unclear to me um, about halfway through it. Right. So Skeletor is trying to perform this whole ritual to get, you know, the power of Grayskull or whatever, obviously. <laughs> right. So, at one point, I figure that's a done deal because he gets the sort or like while he man and all the other people are on earth, he suddenly seems to turn it into like, "I need he- man alive for the thing like but they never say why like is that just because he wanted because he wanted he- man to watch it happen, or was there like some him. actual component of that
0: um he wanted. He man to kneel to him. He wanted to become the master of the universe, and the way you do that is—it's uh, kind of like the Darksaber. You gotta wield the sword, and then the other person <laughs> See, I-, the I was just
2: gonna say, but I was just gonna say, basically, it's the same idea as like Bo Katan getting pissed off at Din Jaren and Mandalorian for winning the dark saber, like
1: because it kind of read to me, but like, um, it kind of read they, to me like He Man was they, somehow they do- a component of the ritual, and like. I was like, oh, that's a strange thing to decide halfway through your fucking movie.
2: I think there was supposed to be like a connecting line somewhere that got cut because, like, he says, we need the magic that the sorceress gave to the sword in order to transfer the power. And then he gets the sword (laughs) and he's like, oh shit, we need He Man too. So I think at some point it was supposed to be like, oh, we need to take the magic from He Man and the sword but they never actually say right. that, so that's just a guess. So,
3: I, uh...
0: so, so what Justin probably doesn't know, because he definitely didn't watch the Christmas special, uh, at the <laughs> beginning of Masters of the Universe, He-Man says in voiceover, <laughs> I am Adam, Prince of Eternia. One day I held aloft the magic sword and got the power of the Castle Grayskull. When so I when spoke the magic that, words, I to- have the power. When he, did that, he became the master of the universe. And Skeletor in the show, basically wants the castle more than the power, but in the movie, he wanted the power more than the castle. He, he wanted the castle, the castle
3: it looked like his mom. See, I, when see, when uh, <laughs> when I was watching this movie, it seemed like it was more uh, like, after he got the sword from He-Man, he had him there mostly, so that way, like, the people of Eternia could see him bowing to Skeletor, and it would, like, make everybody else easier to bow down <laughs> to him. That's so the that's other way you can tell sense. how
1: cheaply this is made. There were no people of attorney. <laughs> I really
2: hope you were I, I really hope you were talking to your cat and not your good lady wife.
3: <laughs>
1: Oh, Oh, man.
3: This this show is off the rails. We're talking about Power ages, We're talking about people eating shirts.
2: Well, it's because there's so little to talk about about (laughs) He-Man overall. It's like, all right. (laughs) There's not much left to say at this point, but...
3: I'm having fun. So Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about friends, <laughs> the one with the embryos.
1: I'm good now.
3: Damn. Okay.
2: Yeah. so I mean I I Are we sure I'm the only one who smoked a joint before this recording? <laughs> Oh, that's been a long week. <laughs>
1: Holy
3: I think that was a laugh that uh, Macy yep. needed.
1: Oh, boy. It works for me. Okay. Yep. So I was kind of interested, in, like, I did a little bit more research into the possible sequel for this. And um, it would have actually been called Masters of the Universe Skyboard, which, you know, leads back to the whole idea of it being turned into that J.C.B.D. movie. But from what little I was able to find, it was like Skeletor gets pissed off at Earth, goes back to Earth and nukes it all, and then they end up, basically, it kind of sounded sort of like Mad Max.
3: <laughs> Which, yeah. Mad Max meets Terminator. <laughs>
0: So basically 2019 that... after the fall of New York. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jeez.
1: I mean, I don't know how you would have executed that with, you know, a level of money that this had, uh, but you
2: borrow
0: a Mad Max scene or, t- or set or two. I, I don't know if you've ever seen 2019. That movie has a budget of, like oh, that's an actual movie. <laughs> Well, that's an actual movie. Well,
2: that's that's why, like, so many places did fucking like post apocalyptic movies because you can film in a desert anywhere, and it looks like a desert anywhere.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is one of the many, many Italian Mad Max ripoffs.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, would would we? I mean, I don't think this holds up at all. Like, I saw this in theaters probably at the age of nine. And, you know, my nine-year-old brain went probably – I don't – I have no memory of seeing it at that age, but I know I did. Um, And my nine-year-old brain at the time probably went, oh, that was fine, or that was pretty cool. But then I watched it last week and was just like, okay, I I guess. So...
0: Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it as its own thing. It definitely doesn't hold up. It's definitely probably not worth watching unless you just want to experience it. Uh, but having watched this and Age of Ultron in the same week, it's way more satisfying for him to say the thing at the end of the movie than Why to not say the did thing you at watch the end Age of Ultron? Of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, we do I that. Feel-
3: I'm gonna do a hot take right here and just say that uh Masters of the Universe hey. over Age of Ultron. I don't
0: I don't I mean Age of Ultron's got the urine yeah. speech. I don't entirely It's also got James Spader playing yeah. Ultron and it's fucking weird. Yeah, it's I don't like
2: how they just made Ultron a like dark version of Tony Stark. I was thinking they were going to go for, like, a real heartless fucking killing robot, and they just didn't, and I was like, that disappointed me. But yeah, as far as He-Man goes, I actually would recommend it. Like, if if you're into any kind of, like, cheesy B-movie from the 80s, it's fine. If you're a He-Man fan, maybe not, but if you just like stupid sci-fi, fucking give it.
0: I mean, if you want, like, a bad '80s sci-fi fantasy movie. I would definitely recommend *Dead Stalker* or *The Barbarians Warrior* and *The Sorceress*. Uh, if you want a *Masters of the Universe* movie, *The Barbarians*. I would say watch the Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Christmas special.
2: I Barbarians. feel, I
3: feel like this would, I feel like this would be like a good way to like dip your toe into like uh, cheesy B movies of the '80s. Like if you weren't sure if you wanted to go into some of those other ones. I feel like this is a good one for like, you know, quote unquote normies to kind of go, Oh yeah, this is like a thing from my childhood. And I know like at least Monica from friends. So, you know, in Dolph Lundgren, so like, you know, it's Uh, a way to kind of get yourself in.
1: (laughs) Oh, one one thing I did want to make sure I mentioned is that there are some, uh, this property is kind of back in development on a couple fronts. Uh, both on the Netflix front, as I recall. Um, Kevin Smith is doing an animated series, another animated series on this for them. Uh,
2: there's two animated series on Netflix that are two? supposed to be coming out. There's a Kevin Smith one, and then there's another one that's going to be more more in line okay. with what he means. to I think to Ke- be the Kevin thing.
1: Smith one was supposed to pick up from the original cartoon
3: uh, was his goal with that um, are they going to be related to that Shiro? I one hope not. That's on uh,
2: I don't think so. I mean,
1: I, I haven't even seen any of that, uh, but just the pictures of it, it looks atrocious. Um, yeah, it I've seen, was, like, yeah, I've seen
3: like i seen like I think like a YouTube video of like a trailer. I've heard talk
1: about another live action movie also financed by by them uh, <laughs> with one of their and I, I don't know who any of these people are because I'm not a 17 year old girl, but uh, with one of their like. Teenage movie heartthrobs as He Man.
3: <laughs> oh, please oh, get Zack Snyder to direct that. <laughs> Black and white pretentious bullshit.
2: Okay. He Jesus. Oh, but Skeletor would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Zack Snyder Skeletor, just a full egomaniac, but like not thinking like he's Costner's, egomaniac. Oh, Kevin that could be fucking...
1: Skeletor. Nah, he man, you do whatever you want. Just don't let anybody know you got powers and shit.
3: <laughs> just uh just bring back the uh the Batman uh scene from Justice League where he's roaming oh, through God. the desert for the sequel. That's mm-hmm. our Mad Max meets Terminator sequel. Yikes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gwildor turns into the the <laughs> fazzy Ezra Miller flash.
2: Fucking Orco just blasting people through fucking walls.
3: <laughs> the, he- the he-man is dead,
1: <laughs> period. <laughs> I think I'm laughed out from the last one. Holy crap. <laughs> Picture <laughs> in
0: fucking brands and like Battle
3: Cat. You just see him drop the sword and walk away.
0: Oh,
2: the best part of a
3: Grey Skull isn't the my best home. part of
2: a Sm- Snyder's fucking He-Man movie is that you know that He-Man would beat the piss out of Battle Cat into submission before they become friends. <laughs> just watching a big beefy fucking dude just beat the piss out of a fucking green tiger—just that'd what be amazing He-Man's in own. It'd be terrible, but it'd be amazing. What was He Man's <laughs>
1: mother's name?
0: <laughs> Queen Marlena.
1: Yep.
3: Why did you say
0: that name? Oh man. Yeah. Well.
2: Him and Skeletor choking each other out.
3: As long as Listen, when He Man comes to Earth in that one, he's gotta be <laughs> on the deadliest catch.
0: Well He Man's mother is from
3: Earth. That, right? Yeah, she is. There we go.
2: Yeah, that's we, we were talking this moment Now we talk about that in the yeah, uh, Christmas episode because she's just like Christmas in Eternia, and all the Eternians are just like, "Quit pushing your Earth religion on me, bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great.
1: <laughs> this is life day. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I give Masters of the Universe nineteen eighty seven. Five neutrinos out of Franklin <laughs> nice. falling in a hole. Nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I guess if we're done with the main topic, I guess we can get into sort of the things that we're planning on doing in the next couple of weeks. Again, I, I started to like the idea of uh, promoting our next couple of weeks on each of these, just to give people an idea of what we're, what we're looking at. I don't have the, uh, the schedule I sent you guys in front of me. Cause it's on my work computer. Um, can any, I know what we're doing next, but can anybody uh, leave the rest of that? And, and actually, uh, our next direct recording would be we want to do one of these on 1989's Willow. Um, so that will be coming soon. Josh, do you want to explain that scream thing you want to do with Sarah a little more? Because I don't really get what it is that you're doing there. Uh,
0: yeah, so we want two movies. Uh, we watched Scream 4 uh, and then we went back and watched Scream 3 because we hadn't previously given our thoughts on that one. Uh, Sarah definitely likes Scream 4 uh, and I'm a fan of Scream 3 so we decided we're going to have like a okay. informal okay. podcast discussion on them. Maybe it'll be a debate, maybe it'll be okay. a, a wrap up, And uh, where
1: it goes. I don't like I said, I don't have the exact schedule in front of me, but I know we will be continuing the uh, uh, the CW review pods. That might change night of the week uh, going forward with Man and Lois starting this week. Um, um
2: okay. I have the list cool. up here. It says you've got Willow. Uh, you got oh Snyder yeah. Cut. We want to do the preview, preview. Show on the
1: Snyder Cut for yeah. Okay. And that's that's a couple weeks before the actual release, but because I know we have um, wrap ups planned for Wandavision and a uh, preview for the one that you have the funny title for, so I'll let you hit it, Brent. Oh yep. two guys, one cap. So because all those things, all those things, <laughs> and the Snyder cut actual home, the HBO Max release are uh, kind of around the same time. We figured we would knock out the preview for the Snyder Cut show early. Um, something we just decided on recently with the announcement of the um, the Mortal Kombat movie on uh, HBO Max, we decided we're going to do this uh, on both the Finish Christopher it. Lambert Mortal Kombat from whatever year that was. I think I have it on the schedule as Mortal Kombat. Okay. I think I have it on the schedule 95. as Mortal Kombat Old. I couldn't remember what year it was. Uh, yeah. Okay.
3: It was uh, 1995,
2: uh, I believe. You had uh, Judas Contract and RoboCop on the list before
1: that. Though. Okay. Oh, well, maybe I need to look at that again. So. I might have.
2: Yeah. I just I. Yeah. I don't think it really makes much difference in what the order is, but I'm just yeah. reading through it for you. And it's you had those yeah, two in I'll before. Yeah, I'll look at so. that again
1: because I think I changed some of them and not, they don't match up entirely. But I'll look that again. Um, so yeah, that's what we're looking at doing in the future. Uh, oh, my voice is cracked right there. I've been laughing.
0: Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and then we do have our, uh, our St. Patty special that I know you're going to be Yeah, we got to figure out when exactly we want to record that, on. I guess. Um, uh, what are we doing? Well, we're not going to say what the movie is, but it's a, uh, Let's
1: say St. Paddy? Maybe we'll do a double one week because I think that'll come, that'll be around one of the the Disney Plus preview shows or something. So,
2: is it part of a franchise that at one point goes to space?
1: That was the first thing I thought of, too. It absolutely
2: is not. not. Okay. All right. I'm I'm interested.
1: Yeah. We'll let you know what that is uh, later on because we don't want to blow that for the audience yet. Um, Okay, so somehow we managed to get an hour out of this movie. Holy
0: crap. Well, with? we got uh you know, we got like fourteen true. minutes out of Power Rangers and Power Rangers rip offs about five minutes worth <laughs> of laughing. So I mean <laughs> yes, we stretched we the time though. We, we, <laughs> we filled the content. Me? Also, Justin, you were thinking of Masked Rider and Ninja.
2: Masked Rider. Rider was a yeah. Cayman Rider Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Was it? yeah but yeah, it was Cayman Rider in America. It was though, Cayman right?
0: Rider in Japan. It was Masked Rider no, we, here. It was Masked Rider in uh, America. We don't have Caymans in this country. Yeah, that, yeah that's what and, I was
3: saying. Is that is that the character and, and, from from Cayman Rider was was in Power Rangers, but I, but in America they yeah, called it Masked Rider. And Cayman.
2: that's just because Grasshopper Rider yeah. just has no <laughs> room to it. <laughs>
3: Well, nobody can forget Ninja. Oh,
2: they can. <laughs> Seeing
3: as I've never
1: heard of it, I have nothing to forget.
3: <laughs> Ed?
0: He was like a Power Ranger, but he was a big blue robot and he had a yellow headband, I think.
3: Oh, John, we're oh, going to okay. introduce you to Ninja. <laughs>
0: that's, that's pretty much as far as he went. I think he could turn into like kind of. a. Zoya, yeah, I think he just went, went from
2: like it? himself to a bigger version of himself. <laughs>
0: And then they yeah. then they put him in a jar and threw him in the ocean, and we never saw him again.
3: And then in and then in the cartoon, I mean not in the cartoons, in the uh, comics that they just put out, uh, they actually team him up with the one that has the the traffic light from uh, uh, I think it was Power Rangers Turbo, the, like the one that has like the traffic light on uh, his the police chest.
0: car guy.
3: I forget the name. I forget his name. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Oh, Alpha Centaurian.
3: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh
1: fuck we grew up some weird shit, man. No weirder than I did, just different weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Fair I'm enough. not in I'm not in love with it, but shit like legend is a drug trip. I mean it's just, eh. you know.
2: As someone who's been on drug trips, yeah, I, guess not I so have much, r- but no yeah. real concept
1: of that. So whatever. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> Fun hour, gentlemen. Um we'll have to do something with the four of us again soon. Oh yes. Okay. Night boys. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Night guys. Peace.
3: See ya.